<laughs> I was listening to a podcast about G.K. Chesterton today, and they okay. were talking about they were talking about um, tradition is the democracy of the dead because the dead get a voice, the dead get a vote. Um, it's very like on how we conduct ourselves, how we do church, how we um, live. You know, if you're borrowing from tradition, then you're giving the dead a, a vote. It's very interesting. Merry Christmas. Welcome to, welcome to City Square Podcast, where we talk to everyday people about faith and work. Uh, we are your hosts, Micah and John. And this episode, we're talking about all things Christmas. And also Advent. And maybe some Epiphany. So while you're here, please, like the video and subscribe to the channel. We uh, post a lot of interviews. We do Q&As where we give our uneducated opinions on things. So if you are enjoying our content, then please like the video uh, and share it with somebody who might be interested in it. And uh, this is your comment uh, instruction for this episode. Tell us your favorite Christmas tradition. What is your favorite thing that you do or your family does or has done in the past? So comment below and let us know. So, John, what's your favorite it's time of year? And my why favorite is time of year, man? So, it actually is uh, more or less in a sense uh, Christmas or Christmas-ish. Uh, my favorite time of year is uh, is winter, at least when I have a winter to celebrate. And so, uh, that does also kind of include Christmas. Um, but... It's just a, seems to be a, kind of like a, I guess, I guess sometimes I guess it, I guess it kind of depends on, uh, like, your friends, your family, and like what kind of community you have. Uh, but I mean, around Christmas, man, people almost generally speaking, no matter who they are, what their background is, uh, tend to be just a little bit more enjoyable to be around, uh, when it comes to, to Christmas, right? And so, uh, people just tend to be, uh, a lot more fun to be around, a bit more enjoyable. Uh, people have a tendency to be a little bit, not a whole lot, but a little bit, uh, like more generous. Um, people enjoy being at parties and get togethers and have fun. And they like to dress silly, give gifts, make good food, uh, and take a little extra time to do things that were special, like than they did before. And so, in addition, over the past few years, I mean, we've started, um, celebrating more, uh, Advent. And be more thoughtful and intentional with how we care about the, the, se- the season. And so that's also fun as well. And so getting to, uh, make a, a season out of the celebration as opposed to just focusing on, focusing on one day, which is probably generally more consumeristic. It's, uh, it's a lot more fun. What about you? Well, yeah, I would say Christmas time is my favorite time of year. Growing up, that was December 1st through you know, the first few weeks of January. Um, That was kind of how we celebrated Christmas. We had no idea about Advent or anything anything like that, like anything about the historical church year. Um, So what was the reason for why y'all did it the way y'all did? Well, I mean, it was Christmas time. I don't know if there was a a particular reason, but usually we put up the tree on December 1st. Um, that was when that kind of marked the beginning of the Christmas season for our family anyway. Um, and in a lot of churches, 
especially small ones, I, I imagine. Large ones, they have like the major productions, Christmas plays and that sort of thing. Small ones we usually do as well, right? But, um, but uh, you know, you're starting those preparations in October, November, you know. Probably October, realistically. Yeah, did you uh, hear about that church? Did you hear about that church down the street for me that uh, was getting some flack for their church celebration this year? Yeah, I'm not really sure why they're getting flack this year. They've been doing that for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of that was kind of that's kind of what I've been to one of their shows. Like it's it's a massive like, like I've been to one of their shows. Been. It's like a massive. This is yeah. This whole this whole section is just gonna be a. Uh, mess. Um, but yeah, they do this massive, like Broadway, almost Broadway level production, right? Half of it's like Santa and, you know, the elves and North Pole and a good moral lesson learned by some child. And the other half is like the Christmas story. You know, it's like this big yeah. two, two and a half hour thing. And it's, I mean, you know, it's not my thing. Yes. Yeah, um, it's a cool show. I don't, it's not church, you know. It's, uh, and, you know, so there's people who take issue with it um, from one side of things, meaning we shouldn't make the birth of Christ into this massive commercial production. But, I mean, as far as I know, they're not actually making money on it, even though they charge for the tickets. But the amount of time and, you know, equipment and all time, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it costs a lot to put that show on. The, the tickets yeah. are pretty reasonable for that level of production. So if you want to see something that massive and that, huge and it's pretty it's pretty cool um if you're going there looking for the meaning of the season you know <laughs> may vary. i mean they're they're a baptist church right so they they have yeah. and they're not they're not calvin they're not calvinistic or in any yeah. sense so it's very much you, you want to pray this prayer with us at the end you know there's an invitation there's an altar call so to speak um so yeah Different people have different issues with it for different reasons. Some of them are silly. Some of them, you know, might be theological in nature. Others are just people liking to crap, wanting to crap on Christians, you know. So, I don't really have a bone in the fight or a dog in the fight. It so. just came across a, I came across it the other day for some reason. And my, it's, so I was just kind of, my, part of my first reaction was, this has been going on for years, why all of a sudden is a big deal? When it wasn't yeah, I can't remember the year we went. It was either, I want to say it might have been 2019 or something like that. 2020? I'm not sure. No, it wasn't 2020. So, I bet I'm, mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't remember exactly the year we went. We went once. And it was, you know, take it outside the church building. It's a pretty cool show. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I never did anything on that scale when I was um, <laughs> growing up. I, you know, the the church and the church that was part of the or the college and church combo that I went to um, for you know Bible college, they did a pretty big Christmas play, um, and they had you know enough people around and they had decent production values and you know that was it's a big even evangelistic outreach, right? That's the reason that yeah people are doing so that's uh something i'm kind of used to or at least used to be um i don't know like some of that's kind of corny uh but some of it's great 
why don't why shouldn't we celebrate you know the the time of year so advent though is supposed to be a much more somber time you know where we're we're supposed to have that yearning or that groaning that kind of recognizing the troubled nature of the world um and uh you know longing for his coming right for us it's the second coming the, the reminders of the first reminder of the incarnation um and looking forward to that but also um you know in anticipation that he will come again um Amil gang. <laughs> so, but what's interesting though to me is the is actually trying to reorient my schedule in life slowly because I can't make these changes all at once. But trying to reorient my my schedule in life around the season of Advent and then realizing that Christmas starts on December twenty fifth, and the twelve days of Christmas is not the twelve days leading up to Christmas as the song kind of assumes, or as we kind of assume the song means, but as in fact, you know, the 12 days of Christmas day and then the, the 11 days after. So, um, I've always liked leaving the tree up, you know, a little bit extra. And then that flows into the season of, um, epiphany, which starts on, I think it's January 6th this year or this coming year, technically. So much more, it makes more sense, right? Uh, and Epiphany is, um, if you're not familiar with it, that's when the Magi's visit to Jesus is commemorated. So, uh, or when the three wise men or the undetermined number of wise men bearing three gifts um, visit uh, Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. So... I think the Eastern traditions call it the, the theophany. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's some, there's some, uh, you know, other stuff. I'm not sure there's, there's dates that are related to it, but maybe not celebrated in it. Um, that uh, about his circumcision and his, you know, other stuff like that. So I am not as familiar with, the deep dive there, but, but yeah, Advent, Christmas. So Christmas technically hasn't started yet. Um, that's December 25th. So, uh, how did your family celebrate Christmas then? Like we had traditions of our own course, but did you guys do anything out of the norm? Not really, man. I mean, it was pretty, uh, I mean, to me it was, I think it's pretty textbook, man. I mean, we uh, did gifts on Christmas Day. I mean, some people do it on Christmas Eve for some reason. I don't understand that. But, I mean, we did gifts on Christmas morning. And then we had, like, a, usually had a, a big meal in the afternoon, evening, uh, which was always uh, turkey. I mean, but that was growing up, man. Like, growing up, like, that's what, that's what we did. Um Emily grew up with a really big family. And so, like, they celebrated Christmas for, like, for a week. Yeah, they had parties and meals and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but for us growing up, I mean, that's, that's, that's all it was. Um, and then I, I mean, when you get married, it becomes a little more complicated. 
uh, you want to go spend some time with this family and some more time with this family and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, my growing up, that's kind of like what it was, what it, what it was. And so over the years, the last, especially the last few years, um, and then I try to be more intentional with things. And so we try to have more focus on, on Advent and, uh, doing that. And so, like, right now, like, the small group that we have, we're going through, like, an Advent stay together. Uh, every week we come together, uh, we light the candles and talk about the meaning of the candles and the meaning of Advent and, and that kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, we, um, we have a, what they call the Jesse tree, which is a similar, similar concept to an advent calendar. Um, and it's, it goes back to the theme of this. I'm not sure exactly where it originated, but the theme of it is um, the root of Jesse, Jesus being the root of Jesse, you know, the descendant of the, the line of David. So I really need to look it up. The, I've never, I've never heard of, of it. I've never heard of a Jesse tree though. That's different. Yeah, so it's basically like a um a it's series like of ornaments. No, it's like a series of <laughs> ornaments. Elf on the shelf, a little demon. Um <laughs> Y'all do so, that? So no, no, no. Alright, that's good. We do not do that. Um but yeah, Jesse tree, it's like a i there's different types you can do. Some have an actual little tree that you hang ornaments on. And um my wife got together with a bunch of ladies like years and years ago and they all designed an ornament and, you know, shared it. So it was like a communal, um, uh, activity as well, but it's the same concept of, of an avid tree. You have a different ornament or a different, you know, thing for each day. And then you read a, a story or a passage of scripture or whatever that applies to it. So, um, I think it starts at Adam and goes through, excuse me, goes through, um, you know, all the major historical figures in the line of Jesse. So, but yeah, I really, I'm now I'm curious as to where that started. Cause it is, it does seem kind of like a budget advent calendar, you know, <laughs> um, but it's pretty neat. We, um, we're a few days behind this year because life is a bit crazy at the, at the moment, but, uh, oh, it's so, one every day, you know, same concept. Well, as I am calendar. totally for I completely forgot about this because you're asking me how my family celebrated Christmas. Yeah. Um, we actually, uh, one second. All right. Cool. So, um, we did a, Santa was a big part of us growing up because I mentioned the gifts and like the meal and stuff, but I forgot, like, I forgot about that. And so, like, in our, in our household, like, uh, Santa played a really, a really, big role in uh christmas and so like that was a bit that was a big thing the big thing uh leading up to leading up to stuff and so like my parents would um not put most of our almost any of our gifts out until the middle of the night on christmas eve and so like we would go to bed with nothing under the tree and then when we when we got up there was stuff there and um so like my parents had no problem lying to their kids <laughs> that's like one of the big things right it's like you don't tell you don't tell kids about Santa because it's fine to lie to your kids um, yeah I feel like on, that can be on. a little that can be a little overblown but it's a it's, I think it's yeah it's, that reason alone that's a little bit overblown um, 
But like, I remember this is actually kind of interesting. And like, I look back on this and I kind of like laugh and smile about it. But um, one time, like, they kind of went like what I would call like all out. And so we didn't leave cookies, but we left pie out and uh, pie and milk. And um, it must have been a it's been must have been one of the very few times it was cold in Austin, Texas, for Christmas, uh, because like. Um, my dad ate the pie and the milk. I'm assuming it was him. Like, I doubt it was Sam. <laughs> um, but like, my dad had a, right. <laughs> so my dad was a truck driver, so he had work boots. And, um, uh, we must have done a fire that, uh, winter because, like, apparently it was cold. And so what they did was they took his, uh, boots and, uh, put his boots in the, the ash from the fire. And then did footprints from the uh, fireplace to the tree. Legit. And so uh, I'm like, that was. It's kind of hard to argue with that when you're five years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably catch some flack for this, but we actually do Santa in our house. Oh, dude, I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out if I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I didn't you're have halfway, a Santa. You right? halfway pagan sissy baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if it was my, if it was solely up to me, um, we wouldn't have. But it's a really beloved part of my wife's childhood, and her family still, her parents still, you know, do gifts under the tree from Santa to their, yeah. you know, kids. Um. So it's a big deal for them, you know, and it's everyone knows he's not real at this point, right? You would hope. Um, so, uh, one thing we do though, is, um, instead of leaving out like milk and cookies for Santa Claus is we leave a cigar and whiskey for St. Nicholas. Yeah. So yeah. this is something, this is something <laughs> that we, we started a long time ago and, um, I've trying to propagate this to my friends uh, on any of the the meme pages or Facebook pages that I run, um, I put a message out. Just FYI, Santa doesn't want milk and cookies. He wants a nice glass of whiskey and a cigar. Yeah, I'm all about that, man. Yeah, I think Santa, like when we think about everything he does in one night, how could that dude not yeah, want some whiskey, some some whiskey and a the finest cigar you can you can find? And he's he's not picky about what type of whiskey it is. I mean, it could be a good Kentucky bourbon, could be a Texas single malt. Um, you could go, you know, Highland Scotch. He's he's a, a man of discerning taste. Um, you know, he's he's sharp as attack theologically, and uh, he has good taste in cigars and whiskey as well. The goal so, is good whiskey and good cigars. It have to be expensive. Just has to be good. Expensive yeah. doesn't always equal good, and cheap doesn't always equal right. bad. It's just you want to have good. Correct. I do yeah. like I had some uh, bourbon the other day. It was an eleven dollar bottle. I'm will be buying that again. It was a good stuff. So was it good because it was it was good for being an eleven dollar bottle, or was it just good? Both. Okay. I think it could be both. <laughs> okay. I mean, if it was a uh, if it had been thirty or. 40 bucks, I would have been pleased. So, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. 
I've never bought a hundred. I cannot afford a hundred dollar bottle of bourbon, so I'm not really sure what that looks like. Um, to me, like I prefer, I prefer scotch over bourbon. Yeah. So if I was going to spend a hundred bucks on a bottle, it would be scotch, not a bourbon. But I think the finest good ones too. scotch I've had is Johnny Walker Black Label, and that's usually like around like maybe sixty bucks. That's not bad. It's a nice yeah. smoky scotch. Um. I'm not really a snob when it comes to that sort of thing, so I enjoy lots of stuff. Yeah. And like, uh, I haven't developed a palate yet to be able to be a snob about that stuff. That's I just... have with cigars, but <laughs> not with whiskey yet. Like, whiskey, I think bourbon. For like my well, my palate when it comes to like alcohol and stuff, I know they're between good and bad, but I'm like I'm not there where I can be a snob about they're between good and great for good and excellent. Yeah. So, um, you guys did turkey every year then? Yes. You should. Do you still you do, do that with your, do you still do turkey with your, uh, like, so how do you, how do you celebrate now? Do you split the time between like her family and yours? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> 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 the truth comes out. <laughs> so, um, some of us live far away from our families and don't get to spend you Christmas with their families, John. So lucky. <laughs> so, my family, we would open one gift on Christmas Eve, usually books or pajamas or something like that. So, and why is that, man? I would is that. I don't know. Is that is I'm that because sure. you're so annoying that you're like, fine, you can open up one, but you have to listen and say. I mean, that's entirely possible with knowing <laughs> my my siblings and myself, and I, I include myself in that. Um, but I think it started more more so when we were a little bit older because we would get I would get a series of books or something, and I would stay up until like four a.m. reading and get through like one or two of them so by the it. next morning. Yeah, or um, we do like pajamas or whatever and you'd wear your new pajamas that night or something like that so but we we had a lot of family um in the area where i grew up well a lot is a relative term we had um some you know aunts and uncles and a couple grandparents basically um so we would normally open our presents uh christmas morning before we went over to somebody's house so or if, if we were hosting then we would open the majority of our presents. So that way, when everyone came, like the aunts and uncles came, um, then it was just, you know, the, the gift, the family gift exchange left, not our family, our immediate family's gifts. So that's kind of how we did it. Um, and we usually did turkey as well. I'm trying to start a thing where I do a brisket instead of turkey. Do it, man. For Thanksgiving, we did a roast. Um, which was amazing. And then we're doing carnitas for Christmas this year. Because, I mean, it's just us. Like, for for this year, it's just us and the kids, so they're not eating turkey. Oh, ungrateful. Seriously? (laughs) Well, ungrateful, picky. Yeah. So we're doing what we want, which is a good pulled pork. Man, I don't recall as a child ever being picky about eating meat. Anytime my parents put a piece of meat for me, dude, I consume that stuff. Yeah. Well, one of my it, one of my kids hates pizza. 
and like won't eat pizza. That's and I'm, I'm like, are you sure? That's sure? A, are you sure that you're related to me? That's probably a good thing in disguise. Man. Maybe. Well, it depends. Like, but then my other one is them? like, my other kid is like, give me the pizza, put it in my face. Are you like, do they hate pizza because <laughs> they're too busy like eating a ribeye, or do they hate the pizza because they want chicken fingers or fish sticks? I think you know the answer to that. It's a ribeye, right? Just lie and tell me something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ribeye. It's totally the ribeye. Yes. <laughs> but it's choice grade from Kroger. Oh. <laughs> it's not <laughs> It's not prime. Uh. So did your family else. have a date? Did your family have an actual date where you put up the tree? Or was it different every year? Uh, it was different every year. It just whatever happens, it happens. Sometimes it happens like the twenty third or something. It just oh, seriously? God. Yeah, it was. It was the either the first or like that that first weekend in December for us all the time. Yeah, it just depended, man. Sometimes we had a real tree, sometimes we had a fake tree. Um, and so, like, honestly, man, I think as me and my brother got older, the day closer to Christmas, they got closer to Christmas every year. We so, have a fake tree now with that's, that's pre-lit. It's so nice. Dude, that is the laziest There's no mess. crap I've ever heard. Dude. There's no string and lights around the tree. You should it's be going beautiful. to cut down the tree yourself. And then like put up. Have you seen where I live? <laughs> yeah, just drive the, the hour or two to like Greenville or Sherman or wherever it is. That sounds terrible, honestly. <laughs> Have you not seen Christmas Vacation? <laughs> if you've not seen Christmas Vacation, you know what happens with those you know. trees. You know. watch that yeah. Okay, uh, favorite Christmas movie? This is where I become a traditionalist man, and I don't care what it says, dude. Uh, Charlie Brown, Peanuts, Snoopy, every year, dude. That's the best Christmas movie, TV show, whatever special you want to call it, man. There's nothing better than that. Right. I kind of like White Christmas. Bing Crosby. Is that and... the one where they put on the show? I mean, I'm but sure the... there's a lot of Christmas movies that. Well, could, like, uh... Is that the one about the general? Yeah. Yeah, that's like one of my dad's top two favorites. Man. Yeah, like I've got it. Like that was not my first they, choice uh, ever. But... Where they they sit in the trains like boy, girl, girl, boy. That would like every single time you ever try to sit down together, you guys must like call it like girl boy, boy girl. Oh, dude. That's what you're from it. Yeah, that's kind of that, dude. <laughs> that and the song about the general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a good movie. It's it's kind of a classic, right? So I, I look halfway cultured if I say that I like that one. Um I do enjoy Elf. That's always fun. That's Emily's um, favorite Christmas movie. Have you seen the new Christmas movie with Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell. It's called Spirited. No, it sounds awful. Just right now. It's uh it's a riff on um oh, a Christmas carol. Oh for so real? the Dickin the Dickens story. Yeah, so it's and it's on Apple Apple Plus, Apple T V plus or something like that. You don't have to so pay for Apple Plus to watch it. I'm not sure. Comes from okay, so, stuff. Is the comedy more Will Ferrell or more Ryan Reynolds? I'd say it's both. It's Will Ferrell is pretty understated, and he's not over the top like he is in some stuff. Oh, okay. 
So, but it's a musical, right? So it's got singing, dancing, and you know, stuff yeah. that makes your heart just leap. Dude, I can't stand musicals, man. Musicals. <laughs> oh. Gosh, I hate musicals. Oh really? Not, man, I, yeah, dude, I can't stand them. When they all just funny. bust out this to match, and they bust, they bust out and magically know the song and the dance all together, and just works. Well, this perfectly. one's funny because it's kind of like ironically a musical okay. so they talk about how they're oh they're doing tap i don't know it's a very expressive medium you know it's like i've never done tap before <laughs> so there's some of those like kind of meta jokes in it which are fun but my wife and i liked it a lot so i mean generally speaking you're pretty uh, pretty solid when it comes to that kind of stuff except for when it comes to fantasy crap so i mean i might give it a shot <sighs> it's pretty fun, I say. It's, I mean, it's. I think it's similar. If you like Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun. Topic. I mean, each one of them has. It's like not. Two or three it's things. not preachy. It's not preachy, yeah. and it's not like super woke. So gotcha. Those are both bonuses. I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself <laughs> a fan of either one of those guys, but they each have a couple movies that I enjoy. So anyway. yeah. So yeah, I'll get, I mean, I'll, I'll go check it out, man. If I don't have to pay for Apple Plus, then I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm not sure. It comes, we have like the bundle or whatever from, for music and stuff like that. But I know you, you use Spotify for stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. So here's a question. Do you have a, a favorite Christmas gift? Like one that you received that is your absolute favorite? I actually do, man. Um, This was about, man. It feels like it might have been maybe five years ago. I don't know, dude. I caught my understanding of time has gone to crap over the years. But maybe five years ago. Um, man, dude. Maybe longer. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, uh, for Christmas, uh, my brother, my younger brother, uh, gifted, uh, himself, me and my dad, a, uh, trip down to the Gulf of Mexico duck hunting for like three days. That was freaking awesome. And so, like, the day after Christmas, I think, we drove down to the, the coast and uh, got a hotel room. And then we had a, a guide who took us to duck hunting for, uh, like, two or three days. And that was really cool, man. That was the... Not only was it cool, but, like, that was probably, like, the most success I'd ever had, like, hunting or anything like that, man. As far as I'm concerned, the most exciting hunting is duck hunting. That's a blast, hmm. man. Did you get anything? Yeah, dude, we got a lot. Um, I like, think we duh. got, a, we all got, a, yeah, we all got, like, I think we all got a limit. It was cool. Got it what? was delicious. We each, we each got our limits. Okay. Your, your limits on how many ducks you can hunt. I thought you said 11, and I'm like, you got 11? Is that, like, the limit? And I don't remember how many it was. I don't remember what the limit is or was back then, um, but it was a success, man. And uh, they were delicious as well. Sorry, I'm just telling the dog to sit down. No, you're good. <laughs> that's, that that's, was really... that's our dog. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, this is not, but no, never mind. Yeah, doesn't apply here at all. But yeah, that was probably the probably the the best the best gift. Yeah, no question about it. What about you? 
I don't know. I was thinking about it, and I can't really nail one down. Um, gift that I received. I don't know. That's that's kind of lame, but. <laughs> um, one year, it was along the same lines as my dad, brother, and I. Uh, it was gifted to him, and he shared it with us. We got to do a um, basically a luxury car tour. So uh, we got to drive uh, up in Vancouver on the Sea to Sky Highway, which is um, the highway that leads from like the Vancouver Harbor or the one of the um, the um, bays there. Basically, it leads from there up to Whistler and past Whistler, but that's the major destination. So we actually got to drive these, like, uh, you know, these hypercars and supercars um, on this beautiful, like, mountain mountain highway and go slightly fast. You weren't supposed to, but they knew it was going to happen. So they, they, they gave you the disclaimer, like, okay, if you get pulled over, you know, and you're going a certain amount over, then you lose your license, right? Um, so they gave us the whole spiel. There was a, um, a Ferrari... Um, I'm not remembering all of them, at least the, I'm remembering the makes, but not the models. Um, a Lamborghini, I think it was the Aventador. There was a Nissan GTR, I think it was 2016. So I think we did this in 2016 or 2017, because it was the, one of the newest models. Um, and then there was a say a Porsche of some type. So, and they had a few other vehicles in the fleet as well, but those were the four that we kind of rotated through. So, and man, that was fun. That was, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. They, they are <laughs> fast cars. <laughs> so super cool. Um, a lot of fun. And, you know, it was nice of my dad to kind of share that with us. So, that's legit. Because he could have he could have driven all of them, you know, and just but um we got to spend some time and so it's fun stuff. Um Yeah. Yeah. So we covered Christmas movies. How about what's your favorite Christmas carol? Like what's your favorite song that's sung around this time of year? Anything by Mariah Carey. Naturally, that's why I was <laughs> uh, Dude, I don't really have one, man. This is, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't, even, I don't recall us having a lot of Christmas carols and stuff playing in the the background going up. Um, but I did learn about a new song that I think might become my favorite, and it's a all off of Christmas is an AK forty seven. Man, I could go for that too. It's, uh, it's by a group called the Dropkick Murphys. I th- are they not? Aren't they a Canadian? No, uh, there's something foreign. Man. Canadian, Irish, something like that. Oh, they're probably Irish. No, no, no. It sounds from very Massachusetts. They're from Massachusetts. Mass- like it sounds very American. But they're an Amel- American Celtic punk band. That's probably where I get the Irish vibe from them. Yeah, or the yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, 
I would offer Christmas as an AK-47, which is true in a sense. I would love an AK-47 for Christmas. That'd be sweet. I built an AR-15 for Christmas one year. Well, it was around Christmas. I was going to say, that could have been your one. It's pretty cool. Like I, I, I really enjoy it. It shoots well, so. Nice. Um, I think my favorite carol, like one one we sing in church, would be "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." Yeah, just I like, I like the uh, the tune. Lyrics are good. Um, so yeah, there's some Christmas songs we sing that aren't really Christmas songs, like "Joy to the World." It's more of yeah. I think it's "Joy to the World." That's more of a not really a Christmas song, but more of like a second coming song. Um, but yeah, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, really, really, really cool. I love this time of year so much. Um, so, you don't really do do Christmas music then? I'm, like, I'm not against it, man. Like, I don't hate it. I don't get mad when people start playing Christmas music before Halloween. <laughs> um, so, it just wasn't like a big part of like growing up. We always had music on at the house. So, um, what I need to introduce you to some new Christmas albums though that you can play to get yourself in the Christmas spirit. Anything you got on Spotify? More about it. (laughs) (laughs) Should be on Spotify. So there are two. Especially if you have any, uh, you got any Christmas metal music? That'd be cool. Um, I don't. (laughs) I mean, you've heard of the Trans Trans Siberian Orchestra. That's pretty mainstream, not exactly metal, but you were gonna say something about Michael W. Smith. Yeah, so there's two albums of his that I really love, um, that are both Christmas albums. One is called Christmas Time, one word. He released that in 1988, and the other is uh, It's a Wonderful Christmas, which he released in 2007. They're both very like they're they've got lots of different types of music in them, um, but they're very they have some very nice arrangements and some very Christmassy um, songs. So when I think about Christmas music, that is kind of the the type that comes to mind. Um, so I'll shoot you some Spotify links if I think about it later. And then there's also the band Down Here, which is um, a Canadian CCM band. Um, they're not together anymore, but they're they released several albums. And then their their lead singer Mark Martell um, is still doing Christmas music. And they have a song called How Many Kings, which is a pretty cool modern kind of carol, so to speak. So. It's lots of cool stuff. Nice, of course, Dave, David Phelps. Are you familiar with David Phelps? No. So he was part of the Gaither Vocal Band for years and years. Oh, okay. Um, and then he was he had a solo career for a while, and then I think he went back to the Gaithers at some point. I'm not sure if he's still with them or not, um, but he spent a lot of time with them. He's got an amazing tenor voice, super high range. He was, um, I think he went to Baylor, um, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, very, very educated in music. Fantastic voice. And uh, he's got a couple of really, really cool Christmas albums. So 
One's called Joy Joy and the other is... I need to look it up now. Oh, there's always always Josh Groban too. Your your boy Josh Groban. <laughs> is that is that why do you say that? Well, I know that's just your style, that easy listening, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the thing is there's a, like almost every artist is gonna release a Christmas album, and unless unless they're terrible at it, it's usually pretty decent, right? Especially yeah. if you like if you like the arts already, it's like oh, let's play on the on the nostalgia buttons, you know, and and you know get this going. Well, like especially uh, if you're doing remakes of like a lot of the uh, old school traditional songs. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, man, because you're more musically educated than I am. Most of those songs are written and designed for anybody to be able to sing them fairly well. And so, like, if you're doing like a lot of old music and remakes of that, it should be pretty easy, right? Yeah. Um, the thing is, is most people know a good chunk of them. Yeah. So they've a lot of them have just been covered to death. You know, you've got some <laughs> Mariah, some people like Mariah Carey who, you know, are it's a travesty whenever they touch a um, a Christmas song. Um, and then others, you know, but. It's it's hard if you're if you're a halfway decent artist, it's pretty hard to mess up a Christmas album. So yeah. there is one hilarious song. Um it is I think it was by Carrie Underwood and John Legend. Oh, seriously? It's it's several years old. Um uh, it's called Hallelujah. And if you listen to it, you know, like the, the music video is beautiful and they're, he's playing the piano and she's singing in a long dress, you know. But if you listen to it, it's just like Christmas terminology word salad. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. It's, it's a very pretty song. There's basically zero substance in it. Um, but it's got a billion views on YouTube. Yeah, it is. It's well, 10 million, 10 million views. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice music video, but when you actually listen carefully to the lyrics, it's just Christmas word salad, which I think is hilarious. Dude, that's funny. Man. Uh, I'm, see that. I want to check that out. Cause that's just awesome. Yeah. Cause it's just designed. <laughs> to, it's just, it's designed to, uh, you know, pluck on your, your yeah. Christmas flavored heartstrings and, you know, get you going. Yeah. It's hilarious. We still play it occasionally. Like it still comes up in the playlist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, because like but it's, well, you know, it's easy on the ears. It, it, for sure it is. Yeah. You know, she's got a great well, voice. Like, he's pre, he's got a great voice. Both of those people are like insanely like talented and gifted. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I'd say for like my two favorite albums of this time of year, for just kind of having on the background, it'd be those two Michael W. Smith ones. Um, okay. So just because they're not they're not incredibly bombastic in every sense, a lot of choirs, a lot of you know 
violins yeah. and very atmospheric in a way, in a way. So yeah, definitely enjoy it. I love, I just love this time of year. Like I love the music. I love the, um, I don't know. It's hard to put into words really. I would I mean, have I'm, to I'm go with the, sp- I'd go with the peanuts Christmas album. <laughs> a man of a man of culture, I see. Culture and tradition, right? That's exactly yeah. what I am. Man of culture and tradition. That's exactly it. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about G.K. Chesterton today, and they okay. were talking about they were talking about um, tradition is the democracy of the dead because the dead get a voice, the dead get a vote. Um, it's very like on how we conduct ourselves, how we do church, how we, um, live, you know, if you're borrowing from tradition, then you're giving the dead a, a vote. It's very interesting. We should probably do an episode on that, man. Cause I've got mixed feelings about tradition. Definitely, definitely have mixed feelings about it. And so we should probably like do an episode about that sometime. Mm. Because like, there's this, there's a part of the culture, right? That wants to do tradition just for tradition's sake. And like that's always driven me insane, man. Well, I think you can look. You can look to the. Re- I mean, this was, we can cover this in other episodes, but we can, you can look to the Reformation, the Magisterial Reformation, or the Conservative yeah. Reformation, which, in my in in a Lutheran perspective, would be ex- basically exclusively Lutherans. Um, Reformed would, of course, include at least Calvin, maybe not Zwingli, but you know, some depending on your stripe of Reformed. But the idea there, um, especially with the Lutheran reformers, they didn't want to leave the Catholic Church. Um, they didn't throw away tradition for tradition's sake. You've got yeah. the the radical reformers, the Anabaptists, who their spirit was not of reformation, but of revolution. So if you contrast the French Revolution with the American Revolution, they both were in an essence you know, a revolution. However, the American revolution was, wasn't concerned about overthrowing every aspect of the past. Um, whereas the French revolution was, you know, burn it all down. We don't need any of it. So, you know, and the, the, the point of the Lutherans, especially, um, in the context of the church service or the liturgy, the point was to get rid of those things that were unbiblical. Um, meaning like worship of the saints um, or functional worship of the saints, even if it wasn't intended to be worship of the saints, as well as a bunch of other things. But they retained the structure and the things that were useful, um, you know, theologically correct. So that's the that's the claim anyway, right, from Lutherans. No, oh, yeah, most of that, I mean, most of that, I think, I, don't, I have a hard time believing most people even outside of Lutheranism, would disagree with um, probably any of that for the most part. Well, um, so Roman Catholics, depending on your, well, depending on the yeah. type of Roman Catholic you're speaking to, Luther right. is, either, is either, you know, the devil incarnate or, um, <laughs> you know, or just a terrible human being, right? Yeah. He's either an idiot or he was a, he was an evil genius, you know, maybe both at the same time to some people. Yeah. So, but he, he really, you know, he and the other Lutheran reformers were not interested in, in departing from the church. They were not interested in departing from tradition unless it was 
contradicting scripture. So, but yeah, but I think that's, I think that's kind of a, a good guiding principle is, is the tradition profitable? Is it consistent with scripture? Is it helpful? I mean, there are a number yeah. of questions you could ask about it um, that would determine whether or not you receive all of it, receive some of it, throw some of it away. Um, I also think it's like there's nothing wrong with asking, is there something we can do better? I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with asking that. And if you're somebody who is like really like, you have to like plant your boots and stand firm in a tradition, then the idea of considering the idea of can we do something better than those before us is something that you might you might have a huge problem with. Yeah. I think a lot of what we think is better yeah. is not. That's the that's the issue. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but a good chunk of it, yeah, is not inherent. It's not gonna be better just because it's new. Just because something's new doesn't make it better. Just, but just because something is old doesn't inherently make it correct at the same time. And like I also say this is somebody who is going has been spending time going back into history and wanting to pick up a lot of the old practices that have been forgotten. Because like I think there's a lot of value in those. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to be a person who just says because something's new it's wrong. Yeah, well the, if you are if you are not allowed to question why you're doing something, um, then that's probably an un unhealthy attitude toward tradition. Yeah. Right. So, but if, you know, something should withhold, withhold, uh, or stand up to scrutiny, right? Um, so like the liturgy, for example, like you should be able to poke at it and say, why are we doing this? Oh, yeah. to make disciples. You know, we're not doing this just because the church has done that. Like, like, but we can see modern, the modern American church, like the, in the general sense, um, they've pretty much disregarded all of that. Yes. So, um, sorry, that freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's. Some, what do you got to sneeze, man? You got to sneeze. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I had, I had like some sort of hair in my mouth, and I'm like, what the heck? I'm trying to get it out. I'm like trying to be, you know, unobtrusive. I'm like, oh, they're looking at it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I kind um, of forgot why we were talking about this. Uh, We got on it because I think I mentioned G.K. Chesterton talking about oh, uh, yeah, tradition, yeah. tradition being the democracy of the dead. He, hey, that guy was a what podcast is genius. That? It was one of the episodes from the Gottensdietz crowd. It's a German name for it's a, it's a. I'll send you a link on it. Okay, cool. Um, there's no way I'm gonna be able to spell it. No, no, I can't. I can I'm picturing it in my head, and I'm I'm gonna mess it up. But yeah, I can shoot it to you. Um, I'm not sure if they're on Spotify, but I can send you the their actual website link. Since I started reading his uh. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm a. There was at one point, man, for a while there, I was like, I'm gonna go all in on Apple stuff, and now um, I'm not gonna do that. I'm about to go like pretty soon. I'm gonna go like full Linux, Linux and all my stuff. Um, but I've got G.K. Chesterton's G.K. Chesterton's uh book Orthodoxy uh, back here, hmm. 
and I uh, I got about halfway through. I need to finish it because he was a yeah, solid. Yeah, I I um he was a solid dude. This is a really it was a really interesting episode. I haven't finished it yet, um, but basically they were talking about um because I think uh, what's her name the new prime minister of Italy is it Georgie Maloney or something like that Mialoni yeah. she quoted. She quoted a, a fantastic quote from Chesterton, and he is immensely quotable. Um, but then, as they they call out on the on the podcast, they're like, "Well, you go and you look up the source of this quote, and you're like, the entire book is good, you know, the entire paragraph and chapter and all this stuff, you know." So he's really um, him and uh, C.S. Lewis would have done really well with Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well. So he wasn't exactly a contemporary of them. Yeah. But like he was, he predated them a little bit. I think yeah. as far as I know, he did have some interaction with them, but he died, I believe in 1936. Um, so yeah, let me send this to you here. Well, him and uh, I think uh, Spurgeon, uh, interacted a little bit, if I'm correct. Oh, I'm sure he was nothing but kind to Spurgeon. <laughs> um, but yeah, he had they 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 mentioned a few other like you know George Bernard Shaw was around that same time, and he and Chesterton corresponded. I think it's H.G. Wells as well. Um, so yeah, he was a. Uh, and for anyone that's interested, we can we can include a link. Um, in the description of this this episode of the episode in this episode that we're that we're talking about <laughs> since that's super clear um so yeah one of the things that i asked for this christmas i'm like is um anything by like tolkien lewis or chesterton um i've got a bit of a tolkien theme in my office so I'm a big fan of Tolkien's work. Um, I've read a good chunk of Lewis's stuff, um, all of his fiction, um, and several of his, you know, his nonfiction stuff as well. So, and then Tolkien, I've, I read a ton of his stuff in college, or in high school, really, mostly high school. Um, I think just about everything he wrote, he wrote, I read. But Chesterton was just crazy prolific because he had essay upon essay and books and, you know, so much stuff. So, but yeah, it's a good episode. Um, I forget how we got on that. I keep trying to figure that out. Because <laughs> it, it was in reference to that uh, podcast you listened to. But how we got on the reference to that podcast, I have no idea. Yeah, probably Christmas traditions and stuff. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So what cigar and whiskey are you actually you leaving out for St. Nick this year? Um I think I'll probably leave him a southern draw cigar. I think that just kind of fits naturally. It's maybe a little cliche or stereotypical, but a cigar that was wrapped to the glory of God, I think, it makes sense to leave out for Christmas. He wouldn't be reformed without smoking Southern Draw, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> they're good cigars, though, man. <laughs> they, are, they are good, which is what's hilarious. Are you still a member of that, that Facebook group? Yeah, I actually do. Through that group, I got connected to a church planner in like South America or something. And he actually, uh, I believe he wraps, he rolls cigars to raise money for the church plant. And I'm supposed to, to buy a, a pack of 20, I think, from him. And they're, uh, they're all dedicated, like, to Spurgeon, which is pretty awesome, pretty freaking cool. That's cool. And so he does, uh, 10 Connecticut's and 10, uh, Maduro cigars. And, like, I think they're fairly, fairly decent priced. I mean, mm. it goes to, like, something I believe in, too, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, no, I, I left there because <laughs> <laughs> I forget why. I think it was at the time I was trying to distance myself from any like type of online arguing about woke stuff or whatever. And there was oh, this yeah. big there was this big argument brewing in that. I mean, I, I don't know how long it lasted, if it lasted longer than a post and some comments. But I was like, you know what? Because I'd already, I'd already made fun of them all for smoking um, um Southern draw like exclusively because they're like it says Soli de Gloria on it. I'm gonna smoke this one. I'm like, you guys realize like these are good cigars. Yes, I'm, no one's gonna argue that. I have, I have probably, you know, fifteen Southern draw cigars in my humidors right now. Um, but you know, so no one's like complaining that you're smoking them. But you do realize there are other ones you can smoke, right? Right. Yeah, that's right? funny. <laughs> like I know when. Whenever I go to a, a lounge and I buy just a one-off cigar, them and I think Oliva are usually what I go for because I've never had one that I was disappointed by. And I've never had, they are almost always rolled, in my opinion, like perfectly. Them and, uh, and then like, well, there's other ones that are also really awesome, but like, I'm not going to spend like 25 bucks on. Have you had much from Foundation Cigar Company? I've had a couple, man. I had one. I wouldn't. I can't remember the name of it. That was I did not. Like. I think it was a Connecticut. And I think at that time, like I back then, like I hated Connecticut's. Now, actually, there's, I see there's a time and place for them, but for a while there, I couldn't stand them. And I think the one I got from them was like uh, back then I hated it, and they kind of like gave me a a bad uh, taste on that, so to speak, for, for their okay. stuff. Because the guy who runs Foundation was the head, like, blender at Drew Estate. Oh, nice. For, for years. So, so I assume their stuff is good. Yeah. Well, if you'd like, but you, maybe you're not as familiar with Drew Estate stuff, um, since you're smoking Southern Draw all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, Drew Estate, like the legal line, the Undercrown, lines are both really well known and really good and uh, he had a hand in at least a few of those so i spoke a lot of CAOs too yeah so do i so do um, i merry christmas to us right. <laughs> well so it's it's for me the cao brasilia and yeah. the southern draw jacob's ladder are pretty special because i um after my sister passed away the Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder was the first one that I smoked, you know, and in in kind of a memorial to her, right? Yeah. Put some I put some meaning into it, and then the CAO Brasilia is one that I smoked with my brother after um, my sister's funeral. So um, 
both of those I make sure to keep, you know, at least a couple. I've got a whole like 20 pack of Brasilias right now. Um, and I've got one Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder in there. So if if I was going to make a top 10, those would both be in my top 10. Maybe even my top 5. Yeah, I feel like Brasilia like, is a solid one. It's not amazing well, in my opinion, but it's very solid. That was one of the first cigars that I smoked that I specifically remember like genuinely enjoying. Yeah. And anything I've had from them has always been pretty solid to begin with. Yeah, I'd say most of their stuff is pretty good. Some some of it's like mass mass market, mass produced. But it's a solid brand, I think, overall. I really do enjoy the um shoot, what is their line? So while well, you're thinking of that, um the and we're talking about this. The uh Island Gym cigar. I think mm-hmm. it's from uh, Oscar. Um, dang it, man! Valdez or something like that. Yeah, there you go. I was gonna say Oscar Roberts, but that's a basketball player. Um, Island Jim is one of my is one of my favorites. Man. So it's the Flathead line, CAO Flathead. Oh, okay, yeah. There's a there's a number of different blends, different sizes. Um, but yeah, that's the Flathead. They've got those are those are really solid usually. They're very, you know, there's a lot of dessert flavors in that line. So dark, smoky, chocolate, coffee, you know, roasted coffee, leather, that sort of thing. So they can be very, very enjoyable. I love how this is a cigar episode now. I know, right? <laughs> Have you had any of, uh, I think it's the room, uh, is it the room, is it a 501? Room 101? Is it 101? Yeah, 101, my bad. Yeah, have you had any of their stuff? Not in a long time. I have. I've, I think I've had almost everything from, or I've had I've had something from almost every brand. I haven't had everything from each brand, but I've had, you know, a lot of different stuff. It's been a long time though. One um, of the lounges that I go to, they started carrying a lot of their stuff recently. Have you had much from Espinosa? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not a whole lot, but the cremas. I enjoy the crema. Yeah, that's a very that's nice crema. morning cigar. Well, like, dude, the, How about the smoke the... on that is phenomenal, man. It actually looks creamy. It's so good. <laughs> <sighs> is it? Is it? Is it too late to go have a cigar outside? Well, I'm like fighting <laughs> like a cold, so I'm not gonna have one until I'm better. Like, but that'll that'll probably cure your cold. Man. Yeah. Yep. And then mm. uh, I've been enjoying Crux cigars lately too. Mm, yeah. Christoph is also a brand that's pretty good. Yes. Uh, I've got several of them right now. I have a lot. I've actually got uh, four Southern Draw cigars in my humidor that supposedly will be released last year. I think oh, it's nice. spoken now, so I can actually feel special. I just got a nice uh, Southern Draw barber pole that I'm looking forward to trying. So, yeah. But yeah, so I'm probably leaving. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> how am I leaving out for St. Nick this year? Dude, it's got to be a St. Um, I'm probably going to do, like, the whiskey will probably be uh, a Glenlivet, because I have some Glenlivet scotch on hand. Um, and I don't like to do, because, you know, I don't really drink much at late at night. So I might have, like, a, a cocktail on the weekends, like, 
around dinner time or something like that. Or maybe some, some, uh, you know, scotch, some neat scotch or on the rocks or whatever. But, uh, last, last time Kendall poured the whiskey for, for St. Nick. Right. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a full, like, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I need two fingers. I need like, <laughs> and, th- and two fingers like this, not like this. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, I ended up like wasting half of it cause I wasn't going to chug that amount because we put the presents out in the middle of the night as well so it's like 2 a.m we'll we'll put the presents out all right because i never actually finished answering the question so so the draw cigar right yep we're celebrating both the price so we'll do that to the very god and then we'll do uh, maybe a double pour of elijah craig uh, bourbon whiskey which is named after the uh, american baptist preacher so like we're gonna double up man Nice, nice. Which I I think actually Southern Draw. I don't believe they're actually a Reformed company. Like, um, but they're evangelical, they, I believe. They can't be. They can't be evangelical and smoke cigars. You'd be surprised. For the sake of the conversation, um, you can actually. You can. Maybe so, man. Maybe so. You know they're uh, they're they're out of Austin, right? I see them in Florida a lot. Well, like, they're uh, actually based out of Boston. Hmm. I wonder if they give up. I wonder if they give tours. That'd be kind of cool. Um, so, do you have, a, like, a, a favorite Christmas cocktail? Favorite Christmas cocktail? Um, there's one that's certainly up there. I do enjoy a good mule, so it's nice to have like a, yes. like a, I think, probably a vodka mule of some type. So that'd be um. There's the Kentucky mule, right, which is whiskey or bourbon. Um, I forget what the the vodka mule is actually officially called, but you can dress that up, you know, with Christmas garnishes and stuff. Um, Moscow Mule. There we go. Drawing a oh, blank. I didn't know that's what you were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, Moscow Mule. I'm like, Russian Mule. I'm like, no, that's not it. That sounds like a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I do like a good mule, regardless of origin. But one of my, one of my favorite, like, sweet drinks is gonna, it's called an Angry Balls. Is that really appropriate content for this podcast? Yes. <laughs> so the the original recipe is an angry orchard cider and a shot of fireball. So you can and it's it's like it's drink, it's like drinking cold cinnamon cider. Right. Do you actually like fireball? No. Not really. Okay. Because you can you can I would recommend switching it out with a Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire. Okay. It's a much, it's a, cause Fireball is actually not whiskey. Um, yeah, it's crap. Yeah, it's, it's not whiskey. You can buy it in a grocery <laughs> store in Texas. And in, in, in Texas, you can't buy liquor in a grocery store, but you can buy Fireball. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, yeah. So basically, 
uh, that's that's the concept. It was a shot of cinnamon whiskey and um, a bottle of cider. Those are the those are the basic measurements. There is one called a sinful mimosa, which is basically are, the same sort of same sort of thing. It's um, a are hard all cider. Mimosas sinful? No, this is C I N N F U L. Oh, <laughs> so it's uh, um, it's hard cider. Cinnamon whiskey and champagne, and that's for the morning <laughs> because you have the champagne, and that makes it a morning drink. So, but those are both very nice. Like you know, it brings to mind like the hot apple cider in the crock pot. You know that you're you're um, drinking at a Christmas function or something like that. Dude, if you want a uh, a nice uh, touching ah moments. The first mimosa I ever had was uh, at your apartment with you and Kendall when Emily and I came over for brunch once. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We, I, mean, I think I mean, we, we. Uh, I think we had. I had my first French press of coffee there too. Oh yeah, you're welcome for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that French press actually broke. It's sad. Do that. How long did it last time? It lasted for, for years, honestly. Do that every French press of me breaks up for about three years. Oh really? As I'm using it. Yeah. We we bought a, a ninja coffee maker for when we moved into our new place. Uh, um Yeah. So because we were we were buying iced coffee. We because French pressing takes a while. <laughs> so we were kind of running out of time in the mornings to actually have decent coffee. So we were yeah. buying iced coffee just for convenience sake. And we're like, wow, we're spending a lot of money on this. Like we're not we're not drinking at Starbucks every day, but we're still, you know, so we said, all right, let's get an actual coffee maker that we can use to create, you know, and for this one you can um you can do pots, half pots, you can do cups, different size mugs, it's really nice. So I don't know if you're talking about the same it. one, but I've had my eye on a coffee maker from the one of the ninja coffee makers hmm. for a I'll while. Shoot you a, actually, I'll shoot you a link of what we got. It might, it might be the same or it might be different. Yeah, because the one I've been looking at is like 130 bucks. If I had to choose a, a Christmas cocktail, man, it might be the one I've been sipping on throughout this podcast. I was going to ask a, about that. It's a some type of old-fashioned, but it's a bourbon with a maple syrup, uh, some lemon juice, and a uh, Sugar. But we had um bourbon barrel aged maple syrup in the house, so we used a little bit of that, which didn't give the last touch. It's awesome. Yeah. I really want a Christmas meal now. Dude, man, I'm about to I'm gonna buy a cigar after this get done with this dude. Do it. I don't gotta drop kids off at school anymore, man, so I'm gonna <laughs> shut <it>. up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, hey, man, live it up. Right? Live it up. <laughs> I encourage you to do that. Yeah. No, we, this, I used to be a night owl. I used to stay up all night, sleep in. Dude, I'm trying not to be, kind of. Um, It's just, I hate going to bed now. I just, I hate going to bed, dude. Um, I can't do what I used to do, which is like run out for five hours of sleep. I miss that. And yeah, so, like, it's sucks. hard for me to, it's hard. I just, I like staying up so late, man. 
I like getting up early too, but I, I hate going to sleep. So like getting up early is not <laughs> happening. But like I like staying up to like 12, 1, 2 o'clock. I, I don't like sleeping, man. Hmm. I love that sleep. hasn't changed. I hate it less. <laughs> I hate it less, but I still hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we covered all the festive topics that we we had up there. For the most part, we had a couple curveballs, which is fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, people think of this. I mean, I mean, turkey's better than ham. That's obvious. Um, so are you doing brisket, though, for Christmas this year? If I can, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I might do one maybe, like, around Christmas, maybe, but not on Christmas, maybe around Christmas. I've got one in the freezer. I need to hook up the smoke. We're going to do carnitas. We have a really good recipe for that. So... Excited. I don't understand why your kids are like turkey, though, dude. That's so weird. I mean, are you not putting might. gravy on it? Are you not putting gravy on it? No, you gravy. See, I don't, I don't get it, man. Dude, kids are pick- it's weird. Some kids are weird, weird and picky. Because, dude, like, even when I was a kid, man, I never, you know, I never ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until I was like 26. Oh, really? Yeah, I always had roast beef, dude. I'm pretty sure that my wife. For a period of her childhood, she lived on peanut butter and jelly and, like, only peanut butter and jelly. You see, the funny thing about this when I say that, a lot of people would be like, oh, he's rich. No, dude, shut up. Peanut butter and jelly is just stupid. Like, why would you want a sugar my, sandwich to when you can have, like, some red meat? My prime roast beef sandwich <laughs> with au jus and French onion dip. <laughs> no, dude, I'm eating bad. my roast beef sandwich now. <laughs> Thank you, mother. <laughs> Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. Alright, but yeah, I think we covered it all. Maybe we'll have a cigar. Sweet. Dude, do it. Well, thanks for watching everybody. If you got this far, we appreciate it. Alright. Um, don't forget to like the video, share it if you think someone will like it. The cigar groups may enjoy this one. Um, until next time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.